sunny morning in November. Wow, in both places the sun is out? How does that work? Uh-huh. It's it's like 50 degrees here. Oh, 57. Holy moly. 57 degrees in November. It was yesterday I was, what is it today, the 21st, so the 20th. Yesterday I was outside. It was 55 degrees in southern Wisconsin. What? Hmm. <laughs> I was doing a bunch of pruning. I'm like, I got to get this done. And then, of course, today the high is 39. So, oof. Yeah, it was it was in the fifties yesterday. The day before that, we had the pellet stove and the wood stove going. It was um it was down in the twenties for like a day or two. Something funny is that when I'm cutting these episodes, it seems mm-hmm. like two thirds or three quarters of the time, the first like five minutes is us talking about the weather. <laughs> you know, it we we have become our parents. We have <laughs> moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Let's not talk about the weather. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. Oh, that's that's weird. So today might be a little odd for me because usually, as everyone knows, we drink our coffee while we're doing this first thing in the morning. And I had some errands to run it's, earlier, it's so turn. we're doing this midday. What do you mean it's your turn? Ah, uh, there we go. <sighs> mm-hmm. Well, I drank my coffee like three hours ago, so I don't know if that means I'm going to be sluggish or or properly caffeinated. I don't know, but I think if anyone notices I'm a little off, it's that I, I'm not at my usual stage of of caffeine mm. input. This mm. is um, further along in the cycle. My caffeine input is fairly constant uh, from about 7 a.m. till about 12.30 p.m. Mine, mine, I used to do a cup on the way to work, which now the way to work is six steps um, instead of 45 minutes in the car. <laughs> um, I used to do a cup on the way to work, a cup at work, and then usually like mid-afternoon around 2 which was usually around the time of day I would decide that I was kind of done for the day. <laughs> um, I would have another one, and and then blood pressure medicine became a daily routine. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things I had to do was was control the coffee. Ah, uh, yes, That's... I replaced it with beer, so my blood pressure is good and my my weight is up. Yeah, and your triglycerides are probably through the roof. But anyway, yeah. such is the problem of middle aged men. Yes, yes. <laughs> let's let's get get to the getting here. Get to the good stuff? Uh-huh. No one wants to hear these things? Yeah, no, no. That's our other so, podcast. Yeah, the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, the one we don't publish. Right. So the one thing I'll say before we jump into the topic is that tonight, we I, I might need extra coffee today because we're doing one of our, our hopnologist get-togethers this evening. Yes. Which are super fun. And basically, we get on Zoom with the folks in our hopnologist tier on Patreon um, who are on the Discord with us, chit-chatting all the time. And we get to see each other's faces, and we get to show each other what we're drinking, and we hang out, and we talk about some things that are, are hop and growing related, and we also just shoot the shit, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Can always tell what where the production season is. So if you, were, if you couldn't tell what time <laughs> of the year it was, I know what the production season is based on who's asking the questions. Sure. Because, you know, during North the Northern Hemisphere production season, all of our friends in South America and in Australia and New Zealand are just like silent. <laughs> so licking their wounds. Yeah. They're like, oh, exhausted, you know, recovering. And now it's the same. It's in North America. It's just like radio silence. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I mean, the last one we did was was a monthish ago, and we had we had a couple of folks walking around the field showing mm-hmm. us things on their phones. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think someone was was barbecuing. I think. I mean, it's 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 fun, uh, especially at the end of a day. Folks are just kind of getting comfortable and cozy. We have a nice time, right? So, looking forward to that. So, I'm either going to need coffee or or maybe a, a little nap, a little nappy poo. <laughs> 
Again, middle-aged men issues. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's true. Yeah. You keep, why do you keep dragging us back there? It's awful. I don't know. I don't, because that's where I reside. Yeah, yeah that's true. Not mm-hmm. me. I refuse to believe it. No, I, I mean, I'm going to get off this call and hop on the treadmill and do my little, my, you know, do a little walking, get mm. some walking in for the day. And then and take your little nappy poo. And then my nappy poo. <laughs> yep. Well, I might get on the treadmill with a pair of rollerblades and just close my eyes while I'm rolling. Don't um, don't forget your your fiber supplement and uh, what else? I'm not quite I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. Geritol. But it, it, I, oh boy, they still make Geritol. Really? Uh, probably. Okay, off of oh, it. Let's just talk all right, about stuff. All right, let's talk about stuff. So I think our topic today. I don't. I didn't know what to call this other than weird shit. Weird shit. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking stories so weird we couldn't have made them up. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a, a more apt description. So, so we and this again comes out of some of our discussions on the Discord with you know, did we ever tell you guys about the time that but da 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 da? Yeah, happened? and you know, we've we've posted pictures I think of the Camry tractor, uh-huh. <laughs> and we always joke about garbage bags of hops. True story, garbage bags of hops. But we thought we'd get into some of the stranger things we've seen over the years because I mean. Uh, yeah, th- there's of course the don't do this at home, but they're also just freaking funny. Yeah, that, that's there's that, but just like really bizarre things. You know, it's like stranger than fiction, right? True life is stranger than fiction, and it is because you find yourself in these scenarios where you're just like, you have these moments. You're like, what the hell am I doing? Like, is this really happening right now? Like, for instance, kneeling in a garage between two Ferraris taking soil chemistry samples. That was a fun day. <laughs> you you have this moment where you're you're kneeling there, right? I'm doing my thing. And then you just kind of catch the glimpse, you know, out of the corner of your eye that wow, that's an awfully fancy, you know, rim on that. And you look around and you're like, these are two quarter of a million dollar sports cars. Yeah, next to each other because you got to have a spare. <laughs> exactly, next to each other because you got to have a spare. And I'm kneeling between them, mixing soil and water into a slurry so I can take some pH analysis. Do you remember the look on his face when I offered him my Chevy Cruze in a trade? <laughs> I don't, but I can imagine. <laughs> Although I do remember him telling me, telling us that they they really don't drive them up there because of all the gravel that's on the roads. So yes. basically they got them up there and they just parked them mm-hmm. because these are the country weekend drivers. So, okay. Background of this story. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've, there's a lot to unpack on this. Oh, one. there is. Yeah. Well, this is, this is multiple. So in the past, we've told you about the t- few times that we've been engaged to basically consult on how to lose money in hops. And this is one uh, where, and in most vast majority of cases where people with a lot of money have approached us uh, about being hop growers, vast, vast majority of the time, total assholes. <laughs> Just absolutely. Especially when, when they're money people. Yeah, 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 yeah money people. Total pompous assholes. This was different, uh, I thought. These, as uh, a young couple uh, that w- worked in um, investment in New York and in the city of Manhattan and um, – but yeah, they basically had, they bought a big, huge plot of land. Where was it? Do you remember? Um, it was somewhere in upstate New York. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, it was what, two, three hours from me? Something like that, yeah. They were, what are we going to do with this property? I, I fly out to Greg's and uh, and we drive up 
uh, keep driving, driving, driving up into the into the hills. And so we finally get to this place, and he's he's showing us around. And he's like, "Yeah." He points over to the to the west on you know sort of the next next ridge over. He's like, "Yeah, that's my my nearest neighbor over there. That's Bet Midler." <laughs> yep. And we're like, "Oh, okay. She home? You want to go drop in, say hey?" Or <laughs> and then um, I don't remember who the other person was. I think it was I think it was Liam Neeson. Yes, you're right. It was Liam mm-hmm. Neeson. He put, because I, points yeah. to the other to the east, and he goes, "Yeah, that's Liam Neeson's over there." And I'm picturing his recent run of all these, you know, you oh, know, Taken, t- yeah. Taken type movies, and all I and I keep looking behind trees, thinking he's going to be there with a gun, <laughs> like you know, just doing his thing. But yeah, so so this this guy basically hired us to say, you know, tell me, you know, we've got. I don't remember how many hundreds of acres he had. I mean, it was, it was stupid. It was, a lot. It, was <laughs> yes. it was hundreds and hundreds. And he wanted basically a, a business justification, not a plan, but a business justification for 50 to a hundred acres of hops mm-hmm. on top of this giant Rocky nub. And we're like, okay. And so the, the more and more we start talking about it, the more we're getting comfortable with each other and basically the more he's he's cluing us in and what he's doing. And honestly, it's the only time any big money person has ever been honest to me about why they want to engage our services. Mm-hmm. And it was, look, basically said, we made a shit pile of money and we're going to get the bejesus taxed out of us. And so we need something to invest in that is legit, but isn't going to make us a ton of money. And actually in the first several years is going to show a massive loss. Yep. And I think my response was, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) You've done your research because that's exactly how this works. (laughs) Yep. Pretty much. But like Mm -hmm. his wife was a, like a senior VP of like one of these private jet companies that has to schedule to fly like superstars and billionaires around all over. I mean, these people Mm -hmm. had money. Oh yeah, uh, she she was the. I think they were still engaged. Oh really? Um, I, and I remember she answered the door. She had just been on their Peloton bike working out. Oh right, yeah. Young couple, uh, and he. I got the sense too. This was something where um, he was, you know, junior. Yes. And this was going to be his first initiative that he was like. Dad basically said, "Okay, as the first thing you're doing, right? Find something you're passionate about and find a way to make it a whole." Right. Pretty much. But totally upfront. And yes, and yeah. I, that's nice, nice couple, totally, really friendly. And, and that's what that's why I took that job because most of the time at that by that point I'd learned my lesson that most of these people are total assholes and this is going to be painful. Um, and nope, not this guy was totally used to basically paying people to do the research for him and giving him a report and not batting an eye at you know how much it was going to cost him to to get that report. Um, now, they didn't end up going forward with it, which is fine, because I think the lift, right, the actual act of starting all that and doing all that work was just going to be too big. much. And and there yeah. was a there were some technical hurdles there. Water was a big issue uh, mm-hmm. because they're on top of this giant rocky nub. And I mean, I'm like, dude, you got no water. You're going to need water. He's like, well, we'll dig a, put a pond in over there. I'm like, that's fine. But that pond's going to need to be like 25 acres. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to do that. It's no, and you know the well would be ninety thousand feet deep. 
Oh, jeez. It's there are there are less obtrusive ways to throw money in a hole yep. than than setting up a hop farm. Yep. Or any farm for that matter. Yeah. But ultimately that's how we ended up kneeling between two Ferraris in upstate mm-hmm. New York in the mountains. And it's being watching out for Liam Neeson. Watching out for <laughs> Liam Neeson and having he and his, I guess, fiance at the time discuss what time the chopper was going to come pick them up to take them back to the city. Oh, that's right. Yes, that was an issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had yep. to be ready for that. As as we wave and shake hands and wave and leave in Greg's Chevy Cruze. <laughs> yes, my Chevy Cruze. Very, very economical on the gas mileage, by the way. <laughs> you could not make that story up and, and have uh-huh. it be as detailed. Uh, it just blows one's mind. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it was, you know, th- those those are fun things for us because, as as most listeners know, we don't see each other all that often. It's every couple of years, if that. And this was an opportunity because it was, you know, it was business related. They they brought you and and your wife mm-hmm. out here, mm-hmm. so we left the sisters at home to to do whatever they do. Yep. And you and I hit what three different breweries yeah, on the way up and barbecue. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yep. barbecue. Oh, yep. and yeah, we we came. We had barbecue when we came home at the wonderful. Hoodoo mm-hmm. Browns here mm-hmm. here by me. We hit um we went to McNeil's in Vermont, the yep. first brewery ever in Vermont, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. And that man, what a no! That was a, a different class. trip. Was that a different trip? That was the one for the for the um, brewery around oh. school beer school. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, we've we've got good stories. Yeah, but um, nothing weird that I can recall happened on that trip. No, nothing. Nothing out of the ordinary on that trip no that's that was a boring trip it was i'm racking my brain for something odd nah, but nothing. no no can't can't think of a thing nothing no but the but the bajillion dollar hop yard was that project took me i want to say almost six months mm-hmm. to do to have somebody say write me a business prospectus you know justification so high level dollars different segments for basically a hundred acre hop yard from scratch. And, and, you know, as I said before, nice people, good to work with. They paid us. They, they actually were talking pretty seriously. I think when they were looking at going forward about hiring one of our guys who was Mm part-time to come out there full-time to run the place. Right. Correct. Who, who we recommended heartily. Good, great guy. Um, but unfortunately, and, and, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, he was willing to do it. Oh, absolutely. To, to move, move out there and do it. Yep. Um, but it just unfortunately didn't materialize. Yep. It was, it was pretty, uh, a very interesting project. We yes. were paid well for it. Um, it was a pleasure to do. And I, there you go. If anyone out there wants to do something similar, we're available. Strange tales <laughs> from the hop yard. Yep. So, so pl- please talk about the coffin next. <laughs> Oh, the coffin story. Yes, the coffin story. So, way back, in the way, way back, the mm-hmm. heady, heady days of non-traditional hop growing. So, what was that, 2009-ish? Uh, 2010, maybe? We were doing workshops all over the place. Mm-hmm. And this was from out in your neck of the woods, actually. I think this was when... I think so. It might have been after the one at FX Matt. It could have been, or it was that one where we met this this guy. And I don't, frankly, I don't remember his name. Um, I sent Dan an email asking him, but he hasn't responded. Um, because Dan was the one who had the interaction with this guy. Oh, sure. And uh, because, 
you know, crazy attracts crazy. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) so this guy was a retired Navy vet. I'm not sure if like he had experimentation done on him, but (laughs) he was Uh, an odd uh, duck. (laughs) I, I think you mean you're not sure how much experimentation. Oh, true. Was yes, how much? Him. Yes, and exactly yeah, which it, procedures. But we're pretty sure right, something right. happened. It's not an if; it's a how much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Much like all these growers were at the time. I growers in air quotes. Uh, they were small scale or real small scale, just hobby, you know, quarter acre type guys, half acre maybe. Everybody was gonna solve every problem that anybody possibly would ever have. They've got new ways of doing stuff. It was, you know, everybody else was stupid. And uh, this guy, he had it all figured out. Really, Dan was the only one who could deal with him. But he's one of those guys, sort of like a, a dog barking you up a tree. Once he gets a hold of you, he, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not getting away yeah. from him. So he had this elaborate contraption that he wanted to build for drying hops. So, okay, well, Dan's your guy. Talk to him. He said, okay, yep, I've got, I basically have the, the container I need, I'm, I'm going to use. So you tell me, you know, fan and all that kind of stuff. And Dan's like, well, what is it? He says, oh, he said, it's a Navy surplus coffin. <laughs> <laughs> what? No joke. He's like, yep, it's a Navy surplus coffin. I'm going to be buried in this thing. Uh, but first he wants to dry hops. But in. first he's going to, he's going to, he's going to change it into a, into a hop dryer. <laughs> And so Dan, as affable as he could be, is engaging with this guy, and he just won't let it die. Dan was like, oh, that's a funny joke, blah, blah, blah. So he starts sending him pictures, sending Dan pictures of this coffin and where he's going to cut it up and where he's going to plumb all this kind of stuff and blah, blah, blah. And Dan says, so you're going to – how are you going to use this? And a Navy surplus coffin is basically a steel box, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, and he's like, oh, well, I'll just weld it up when we're done with it. No, no, I can use it. He said, Dan's like, so you're going to weld it up after you're dead? (laughs) How's that going to (laughs) work? I mean, what are you going to do with that? But uh, anyway, so so Dan's like, okay, fine, blah, blah, blah. So he gives him a few pointers. Guy builds it. It works-ish. But that's part one of the story. I... Dan, Dan, I remember the day Dan sends me an email, says, I figured out how so-and-so, whatever his name is, is actually going to die. And I'm not sure there's going to be enough left of him to put in that coffin. So then he he sends me another picture of this guy's harvester. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) What he had done is he had taken a, I don't know if you, well, it's a a rough cut PTO powered mower, right? So it's like six foot wide. You drag it behind a tractor. And it's got a giant flail mower underneath of it. So it's sort of like you're a regular lawnmower, except instead of actually really being sharp, it's got like these bludgeons or these cudgels that it's spinning around. (laughs) And they're like, you know, a quarter inch thick and like three feet long, spinning at 700 RPM. And he's got this thing turned up on its side. So these things are like, you could walk into it. Oh, and he sends he sends Dan video of him taking he took a whole bind he cut down for harvest and just threw it at the thing <laughs> and freaking hop cones go everywhere. <laughs> and is this just a game or that's how he's actually that's doing how his he was harvesting. harvesting that's how he's harvesting and then, and then picking them up no. off the ground and then he'd go through the leaf vac <laughs> and suck the hop cones up. 
Holy cow. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, ingenuity right there. He was going to, he's wow. like, all you guys are stupid with all of your crazy, contra- you know, expensive contraptions. I got me a Navy surplus coffin and a, and, and a used PTO tractor mower, and that's all I need. Oh, so many things to unpack there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow. would you believe it? Like, now think about this. As much as we talk about being a brewer and how important it is, what your image is, and you're going to engage with brewers, suppose this guy actually got a customer. <laughs> and brought him out to – we always talk about bringing, your, bringing him out to see your, your operation. <laughs> exactly. You want to come out during harvest? <laughs> yep. You need to sign 16 forms in triplicate before I'll let you on the property. <laughs> yeah, he's probably more worried about them being spies or something. But uh, <laughs> To steal his great to ideas. To steal his great ideas, <laughs> yep. Have to, have to scan them for, for bugs. But, oh, my goodness. Uh, can you – can you uh, – I wonder if Dan still has that video. I'll have to see if he – Oh, that would be that's something. That's from 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. God. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, oh, I, I, so many things. <laughs> so many. And, you know, we, we talk quite a bit about all, you know, necessity is the mother of invention and you figure out different ways of doing things and you, you can be creative. But, I mean, there's creative and there is just freaking stupid. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then there's what you just described, which is a whole another end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he was not – his his connection to reality was tenuous. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, we, we all understand that farming is dangerous, but damn. <laughs> we don't have to make it more dangerous no, intentionally. Not so much, no. <laughs> and quote, I, again, grower and farmer in air quotes there. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, what, what, you know, speaking of, of completely disconnected from reality, so so how about we, we jump to the uh, the grower who our former grower who decided to sue us even though he didn't actually do anything. <laughs> yeah. Again, grower in air quotes because he never grew anything. Yeah, yeah. So here, so so here's someone who was one of our, you know, we used to have our grower program and we would put out, we would give them plans for what they needed to do and um, and give them feedback and advice and all that. But part of this whole process was you need to grow according to our specifications. So if we say, this is your prescription plan, you need to keep, keep to it. If we say, this is how you need to water, and you're not watering and tracking your water, and you only water half of what we tell you to, then you're not doing it right. That that was part of the contract. Yep. And it was, and it's, you know, you, you are contractually obligated to do so. Yes, yes, that's the deal. If you don't, then we can basically say breach a contract we don't want to do business with you anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the idea is to keep to the quality standards Mm -hmm. that we designed so this person didn't and and not only didn't um, adhere to quality standards i I believe didn't even plant his plants (laughs) he did not (laughs) which is kind of step one (laughs) (laughs) didn't put up a trellis didn't put his plants in he bought everything through us Yes. So, because you know, we we've and we talked before about how we had a requirement that they get their planting material from us because of all the bad experiences we had with other vendors, and um, yeah, he didn't. He he bought, you know, what? How many thousands of dollars worth of rhizomes? Lots. Yeah. Lots and lots. Didn't do anything with them. Nothing. And, and then tried to sue us for breach of contract. Yeah, sue us for fraud. 
Fraud. That's right. Fraud. fraud because he didn't make any money. So on, on what? On exactly <laughs> on what? He never even put a trellis up. He had all the hardware. He had the only thing he didn't have was poles. Uh, he had all the irrigation stuff. He spent all that money, and then he's like, he's like, I don't want to keep writing you guys checks for stuff. So. Uh, this was, this was in, at the very beginning. I don't want to keep writing you guys checks for stuff. So I just want to put money on account with you and we'll just draw it down as I, as I need to. I'm like, I'm not a bank. Right. <laughs> what the, no. Yeah. I, I recall that as well. It was like, uh, yeah, we, no, we, we do not want to be responsible for holding your money. Correct. And so then he tried to, in court, tried to say, he's sitting there on the, on the bench. He's being questioned by the judge. And so, yes, we actually did go to court. He originally wanted to sue us for like $80,000. He didn't buy nearly that much equipment. No, he didn't, but it was all about fraud. And we told him he was going to make this much money and this is how much he was expecting to make. And therefore he's going to sue us for $80,000. Well, his, his attorney talked him down to, to 7,000, which was the maximum he could get in like small claims court. Small claims. Yeah. yeah. So not only did I have to pay my attorney to go there, right. To deal with this freaking idiot. Um, this guy, you know, shows up with his aw shucks farmer attitude, but you know, as a, as I come to learn, he, he just sues everybody just because, uh, right. Yeah. That, that the more you do that, the less it works. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like the people at the courthouse know this guy. And so he not, he goes up there on the stand and says, Oh no, these guys fed me a, a line of baloney. I went to some sort of marketing scheme and they told me I was going to make all this money and, and. I didn't make anything, blah, blah, blah. So he, he goes up onto the stand with his Hops 101 binder. From our class. From our class, right? And I lean over to my attorney. I'm like, because the judge is asking him, it's like, well, do you have any evidence of, you know, this? Or, you know, what, what's there? They had this big marketing plan. They shared everybody and, you know, told us how we were going to make all this money and never told us how to do anything. And I said, he's got the binder right in front of him of all of our slides. And so... When he was cross-examined, he's like, can I see that binder? <laughs> Would you show the judge that binder? And the judge looked at it. He's like, what is this? He's like, oh, that's their marketing plan. The judge is looking through it. He's like, I don't see any marketing materials in here. This all looks like technical stuff. Well, yeah, what, um, well, I didn't make the money they said I was going to make. <laughs> it's all technical stuff you didn't do. <laughs> exactly. I paid attention to, and I, you know, when they cross-examined me, his attorney is like, you know, how much money did you tell them they could make? I said, I didn't tell them they could make any money. I said, if you do the math based on market conditions, this is what it might work out to be. But this is Mother Nature, so I can't guarantee you're going to make anything. And it says so right here. And the judge is like, it's like 20 minutes we're doing this. And the judge is just exasperated because you can tell he's like, I got better shit to do. Right. <laughs> what the hell? So he's looking at the contract. He goes, I, I got to let me read through this. I'll be back in 20 minutes. So he reads through it, comes back. He's like, first of all, this contract is, is a joke. And I look at my attorney and he's like red faced. He's like, but second, it's like you're wasting the court's time. This is this is what I find. The plaintiff is wasting the court's time. Therefore, the plaintiff is going to pay all court costs. Then the plaintiff is also going to. He had, he had to do something else like that. He's like, the defendant, obviously me, he's like, this contract is garbage. And 
blah, I don't remember what it was, but we, uh, you know, it, the poetic thing would have been he would have to supply telephone poles for <laughs> yeah. because that's I mean, there's World War One reference right there. Yeah, exactly, right, <laughs> and and appropriate for hop yards. <laughs> exactly. So I don't I don't remember what what it was, but we had we had something we had to pay. I don't remember what it was, but the attorney, the firm picked that up because the contract was garbage. As the judge is like, this is a joke, and I was like, dude, what the what? Total waste of time. I mean, and money just because some guy, I, it's like what people don't want to admit that they're wrong. Reminds me of Trump a little bit where it's like, I'm just going to sue everybody because I'm never at fault. Nothing's ever my fault. Mm-hmm. And the charter grower program and frankly, the hop, the non-traditional hop growing industry is just full of those kind of people. Well, so many of them are looking for a, a get rich quick scheme. Mm-hmm. And which doesn't exist, especially doesn't exist in hop farming no. or, or farming in general, right? But I, but lack of lack of willingness to take responsibility that's a that's a cultural thing, <laughs> in my so. personal yeah. opinion. I do, I do. But yeah, that that was an interesting one. And at the time, now we can look back on it and laugh at the situation. But at the time, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the first time anyone came at us with a lawyer. Uh. I don't remember. I mean, it happens. It, yeah, so honestly, it happened so many times. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even. I can't tell you if it was the first time or not. Uh, I mean, it, happen, it happens. If you're a business owner, you got to get used to it. Unfortunately, oh but yeah. It was, yeah. At the time, it was it was somewhere between a, a, a fear of having to end up owing money, um, and and just a frustration because we knew what bullshit it was. Yep, and, and the it, fact that it, you know you're tight on cash flow and you don't have money budgeted for lawyers for a bullshit. It's just awful. I do recall when, when it immediately went from, you know, the, whatever it was, $80,000 suit down to $7,000 max. We went, okay, this just got a lot. It's still real. (laughs) And we know we got to go to court over it. So it's quite real, but it just got a lot less daunting. (laughs) I'll say. Yeah. It's like, but you still got, $2,500 $2,500 worth of attorney fees mm-hmm. and all this kind of other stuff that you got to deal with. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was never, I would never want to imply it was, it was ever something we didn't take seriously, but man, we, we knew he was a Looney Tune. We knew yeah. that when he was, we were working with him. Yeah. And you know, you do strange things out of, I don't want to say desperation, but certainly when you're first starting up, he was one of the earliest charter growers. Uh, and so we still didn't know enough about people yet. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, even those, those early ones, I remember thinking, oh my God, I can't wait till their contract is up because mm-hmm. we're not renewing it. And we had that written into the, to the contract that it was, it had both parties had to agree to continue on or to expand. Right. And we, right. and we had, I remember that too. We had situations like that early on where we're like, okay, this is, this is not going any further than this. Mm-hmm. We're going to let them go do their own thing. So, so let's get back to another more fun one. Um, okay. How about, how about the, the journalist in the cornfield? <laughs> the reporters of the corn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, again, in the Wayback Machine, when we were doing our not even quarter acre trial plot. 2008-ish. It's our first harvest. And what do you do? It's all hand harvest. We're using ladders. It was me, Dan, and Christine. Super stoked, right? And this uh, was on the back part of my property. I don't have a huge acreage, um, but it was in the back part of my property that's surrounded by about 80 acres of corn. 
and the nearest road, if you walk through the cornfield, is like a quarter of a mile away. And at the time, let me just say, we were doing, this was part of Dan's responsibility, was press releases. We were yep. trying to drum up publicity for locally grown hops. It was it was as important as getting the farm going properly, was making sure there was awareness out there, was a big yes. part of what we were doing. So we, I know we were on public access TV a couple of times, there were articles written, and you would always jump at those opportunities. Well, not just public access, thank you very much. I was on the... <laughs> standard old news channels and things like that i wasn't okay. some, some creepy av nerds basement come well, on I, I i was fairly certain it was exactly that but okay go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so we're harvesting and dan was had told us that some reporter from uh, one of these country newspapers like the arrow sickle or new farm times or something like that wanted to come interview us i thought it was the middle school but okay go ahead uh middle school was middle school yes the hall street journal we're harvesting and who wanders out of the cornfield you're not expecting this no here comes this reporter literally walking out of the cornfield like not like near the road or like oh yeah no he's like like he just emerged as as some sort of prophet out of the cornfield, right? <laughs> um, spirit, spirit of the of the field, you know, stereotypical reporter, country looking guy, right? He's got a he's got a plaid shirt on, and he's got a camera around his neck and notepad. He goes, "Hi, I'm looking for Dan," and we all turn around and we're like, "Where in the hell did you come from?" <laughs> And again, this is a tiny little plot of land, right? It's not like we got a bunch of area around us. The cornfield was like, I would say, we were right on the edge. We butted up to maybe, it was maybe 25 or 30 feet from the edge of the hop yard. And uh, he, Dan's like, what the? F <laughs> and so we start talking to this guy. And we're like, where did you park? He's like, well, I parked up there on the road. And he, he pointed back behind him on the cornfield. And I'm like, why? <laughs> the, the road is right. You can see the streets right over here. He's like, oh, I wasn't sure how to get down here and, and didn't want to disturb anybody. And I'm like, so you walked a quarter of a mile through the corn to get here? And Christine's like oh. whispering to me, I'm not sure we want him to write an article about us. <laughs> <laughs> so he's there. Oh. We're, we don't stop. I'm like, we can't stop. We got, we got to get this stuff harvested. So we're doing that. And he's asking us questions and, you know, takes a few pictures. And he's like, okay, thanks, guys. Really appreciate your time. Turns around and walks back through the cornfield. Back to the cornfield. <laughs> of course he does. What What the hell? <laughs> there, there is a, I, I don't know. Which... And that was, that was the first article that anybody, that was the first time we'd been interviewed by anybody. Oh, was it? Yeah. Like, so we needed the press. The yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is this how all reporters do it? Uh -huh. Jeez. Wow. There, there is a, I, I don't remember which one it is, but one of the comedian Pat Oswald, one of his specials on Netflix, he has a whole routine about a clown who walks out of the woods to a children's birthday party to give his, his, his clown stuff and then leaves also from walking back through the woods. And <laughs> I'm convinced he stole it from hearing us tell this story at it some point. It could be. <laughs> It could be because it was very creepy like that. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell. 
And it, and it's honestly the worst nightmare of your wife, who is all was always afraid of the looky loos coming to see the hop yard, who would just like come up to your front door. Oh, totally. But, but now they're coming through the woods. <laughs> now they're coming through the woods. Yeah, and yeah, she was not pleased with that experience. Oh no, stranger danger. Mm-hmm. Total stranger danger. <laughs> well, I think we have time for one more, and it—I it, know we let we started with this, but it's—it's it's the more detailed explanation of the Camry tractor. We—we've <laughs> <laughs> talked about that. I—I I know, but but we—we we have to we have to I think put that one in here just just okay. to complete just, the story just here. because it's surreal and i just i keep kicking myself for not getting pictures of this i know i um, know i didn't have any pictures to put on instagram when we last talked about it i just I, had pictures of camrys that were dirty yeah well that's <laughs> and this was not a beat up old like a, a 1989 camry even if it, those existed then but it was i would say it was certainly the car was probably made in the 2000s so it wasn't like ancient decrepit but it was this dude's daily driver (laughs) and he started a a hop farm that was going to you know of course be the best hop farm ever and uh he's a businessman don't you know so was this this one of our charter folks yeah 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 uh so he was always saying hey i i want to you know, I, I need to talk to you. We need to sit down and talk business. He always wanted to talk business. Never wanted to talk farming. Um, always wanted to talk business. He spent money on everything but the stuff that he absolutely needed. <laughs> like a tractor. Because yeah. he didn't need a tractor. No, I don't need a tractor. Why Why? Why don't you need a tractor, Jer? Well, you know, I just I just don't see the need for one. You know, I can, I can keep the weeds down with my lawnmower. Uh, I can, so how are you going to how are you going to get up and work in the canopy like up top trellis work and whatnot? Oh, it's not worth my time to, to buy all that, you know, equipment to do that and, and hire people, you know, and and have people on staff to go out there and and do it. So I'm just going to hire it done by uh, a company with a bucket truck. That's more, Hmm. that's, that's, that's way more cost effective. Okay. You would know, Jerry, you're the businessman. Um, and uh, so he was always doing stuff like that. And then, then he'd buy a wolf harvester and he'd buy a baler. And so he'd buy all this stuff even before he had his hops in. Oh, geez. And renovate his barn and all that kind of stuff. Never would not buy a tractor. Bought an air blast sprayer on a trailer because he needed to tow it. Right. So I figured, oh, he's going to get he's maybe got one of those like UTVs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a drop spreader for fertilizer, so not a broadcast spreader, just drops it in a straight line uh, that you might use for like golf courses, use that kind of stuff. Hmm. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, I figured he's got an ATV or something. Nope. Camry. <laughs> Camry with a hitch. Camry with a hitch. Wow. He went to U-Haul and got a hitch put on his Camry. So, what do you, you know what those look like? Just a standard old, mm-hmm. you know, class usually three class two or yeah, yeah. three for three for farm equipment sure yeah i've got so, a class two for my bicycles yeah so just a what no this was a this was a whatever it was a, a an automotive hitch and it's got a receiver you know you put the ball in to, mm-hmm. to, but ag equipment doesn't use that kind of thing so he had to he went to a shop and had them custom make him a receiver that would you know pull agricultural equipment with his camry through a field that he drove to work and into town. <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> and you know, so, sometimes when you do stuff like that and have to custom build things, you think I'm being innovative, but sometimes you're just being silly. Yeah. There it's, are it's, reasons that that they don't make hitches for Camrys to pull farm equipment. <laughs> there are good reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, needless to say, he didn't last long because mm-hmm. he also thought it would be a good idea while he's trying to build a hop farm to also buy a pizza franchise. <laughs> oh, sure, because, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh. good idea. Well done, Jer. I don't think he has either anymore. My, oh, my. Y- you know, I... I mentioned I was already out this morning. I was, of course, at one of the scout camps dealing with something. And there's one local scout leader who drives a BMW and a nice BMW. And it's always at the scout camps on campouts. I've seen it there in pouring rain and mud. It's like, don't you have a different car to bring on these things when you're driving through the woods? Probably not. But probably not. Probably all they can afford is is the Beamer. Exactly. It's like. Seeing fancy sports cars in Wisconsin in the wintertime. Wait, what the hell is your... What, what are you thinking? Well, at least they at least they didn't put a hitch on it to tow an air blast for her. Now, speaking of, of completely disconnected from reality, 